Hi everyone, and welcome to episode 41 of the One Mind Meditation Podcast. I am Morgan Dix, and I'm so happy to have you here. On this show, we explore the ancient esoteric art of meditation through a modern lens. We really try and demystify this ancient practice by sharing interviews with leading scientists, teachers, and everyday practitioners of the art to really peek behind the curtain and give you the tips and techniques you need, but also the stories to inspire your own practice. And today, I am going to share with you some responses to a recent interview I did. And so I thought I'd go through the questions there were some great questions about meditation and share my answers with you. And before I do, I wanted to ask if you are a regular listener to this podcast, why don't you leave me a rating and a review on iTunes? It is so helpful in terms of helping other meditators discover our show. It's really one of the best ways. So back to our show. One of my good friends, Sonia Thompson, who we interviewed in episode 17 interviewed me on the topic of meditation and she had some great questions so I thought that I'd go ahead and go through her questions and answer them for you. So here we go. So her first question was what exactly is meditation? So that's a great question. There's a lot obviously a lot of different ways to answer this question Let's come at it from the angle of thinking about meditation as training for your attention. So think about attention. We've talked about this previously on the show. Attention is the backdrop for everything. We use it. There's nothing we don't use our attention for. All of our subjective experience happens in the context of our awareness, our attention. The quality of our attention often determines the quality of the decisions we make, the quality of our thinking, the quality of our engagement with life, and just very simply, the quality of our life. If your attention is divided, if it's fractured, if you're trying to do too many things at once, if your awareness is frazzled through stress, your quality of life declines precipitously and quickly. So with that in mind, I like to think about meditation as training for your attention. And the popular Headspace app, which is a a meditation app, they do a really good job at, at qualifying meditation as, it's like a gym membership for your mind. That's what meditation is. It's the way that you prime your mind, or in this case, let's use the word attention, because I think it's a better word for what we're talking about. Meditation is how you condition your attention. Just like we need to condition our body and take care of our body and make sure our body is healthy, we do that through eating really good food, going to the gym, exercising and being active and getting enough rest. So with our attention, we need to take care of it. And that's not something that we're really taught in school, but it's absolutely true. Think about how fundamental it is. And how do you take care of your attention? How do you prime it? How do you condition it? It's through meditation. So 
how is that the case? How does that work? Well, let's take, for example, a simple breathing meditation where you count your breath. So you sit quietly, you relax, you become very still, and you slowly count each breath, each inhale and exhale. As you do that, your mind begins to wander. That's just what happens. And then you bring it back to the counting. And that counting of your breath is your anchor. That's what grounds you in your practice. So meditation in this context of training for your attention is the practice of bringing your attention back to that anchor again and again and again. So remember, your mind is going to wander. That's not a problem. Meditation is the process of bringing your mind back to the object of your meditation. So each time you're bringing your attention back, that's the equivalent of when you're doing reps in the gym, when you're doing bicep curls and you're, you feel your bicep getting bigger with each curl. The equivalent in meditation is bringing your attention back. That is the action. That is the exercise for your attention. The more you do that and the more consistently you do that, like anything you train in, you get better at it over time. It's like any skill you want to build or any new thing you want to learn. The more you do it, the better you become. And that is one very simple way to think about what exactly is meditation. It's that simple practice. Now, obviously, there's, there's more to it than that. When you're doing that, your entire being begins to align behind that one-pointed intention to bring your attention back to your anchor. So with time and with practice, you get better at that. There's a really interesting thing that happens. It, your attention overall goes from being divided to becoming united. It becomes more one-pointed. It becomes singular. And it's not just your attention that becomes singular. You become singular. You become very one-pointed. And there is something very special that happens when we do that. There's a sense of calm. There's a sense of resolution. There's a sense of being grounded and centered and right in the middle of me, right in the middle of you. That's what being grounded and being centered, literally centered in yourself, feels like. And that is one of the byproducts of meditation that those, those feelings of calm, centered, groundedness in, the, in this kind of present moment awareness. But that really comes through this practice of bringing your attention back to the object of focus. It has profound effects on your being. It takes you from being a divided human being to being a focused and single-pointed human being. And you know, meditation, as we've talked about, it's the opposite of stress and constriction. And interestingly, what happens to us when we exercise our attention in this way, the result is expansion. Our sense of awareness, 
our ambient sense of awareness, it begins to expand. Our five senses, they, they begin to expand. We become more aware, more conscious. And that's kind of a paradox, because how does that work? You're focused on just one thing. And yet at the same time, the more you do that, the more you relax and the more you drop into the deep rhythm of meditation, and the more you let go into that. Because see, remember, most of the time, the energy of our being, is all, it's just all locked up and it's all split apart. But when it's, when it's resolved into this one-pointed focus, your entire being gets behind that and it can really release. That's the interesting thing. It just lets go. You can let go. You can let go of everything else but that one thing that you're focused on. And in that letting go, there's a sense of just deep and profound expansion and release. Relief and release. That's what my old teacher used to say. And with that, a sense of very deep connection to everything. Connection with yourself because in certain ways the barriers between you and your deeper self, they fall away. But simultaneously, your connection to life, life itself, life all around you unfolding in this moment, it becomes dramatically enhanced. And part of that is because just the barriers fall away. All the mediating barriers of your mind start to collapse. They start to dissolve. And in that dissolution, you expand. Your attention, your awareness expands. And that is really an amazing experience and an important experience. It's an important experience because it reminds you of how good life is because the experience of that expansion is fun. It's a very positive experience. It also reminds you and it shows you that who you are is much more than your mind. You're not merely what you think. And that's also what begins to happen. You begin that dawning awareness that you are much more than what you think. You are this connection to the whole. That's almost got like a revelatory quality. Those are some aspects of meditation. Another question that Sonia asked me, what's the difference between meditation and mindfulness? So again, we've hinted at this in other episodes of the show, but I like to think of it is that mindfulness is meditation in action. It's noticing and being attentive to whatever's happening in the present moment. In that respect, it's really the deliberate practice of present moment awareness. So one of the best ways to connect to the present moment, just as it is, is really to drop into your five senses, to fully feel, to fully experience your sensate, immediate, palpable experience. At any given moment, we're getting thousands of impressions through all our senses, and those impressions are coming from within, and those impressions are coming from without, through our mind, through our senses, and through our environment, our ambient environment, the context in which we are at any given moment, all of that is exerting a certain influence on us all the time. And it's always changing, of course, right? It's completely dynamic. Every moment is couldn't be more different than the next. You might be sitting in the same spot and 
apparently nothing might be changing, but in fact, things are always changing. So that becomes more a living reality when you practice mindful and attentive awareness, when you, when you just make the effort to be and completely be here now, as Ram Das famously said. So you can see that there's obviously your meditation practice. I think of meditation as like a battery for my mindfulness practice. Meditation in the morning is where I sort of charge the battery and then I bring that present moment awareness with me into the day, whatever I'm doing. When I go to the gym, when I walk to the gym, when I come back, when I'm sitting at my desk. And like meditation, your mindful awareness, it flickers, it goes out, it comes in. You're, you're aware of what you're doing, you're not aware of your, what you're doing. How did I just get into the car? I just went through a whole series of decisions and choices and actions. And I went from my apartment to the car and really I don't remember how I got here. I don't mean that you have a discontinuous break in your cognition or, or like some sort of psychotic break. I'm just talking about, were you aware of how your feet felt going down the stairs? Were you aware of the feeling of the metal of the door pressing on your hand as you went outside? Were you aware as you stepped outside of the temperature and the humidity and the light, how those things impacted you and your responses to those? Were you aware what you were preoccupied with on the walk to the car? What were you thinking when you saw that person walking down the street? What were the, what were the reactions? What were the cascade of thoughts that Naturally, whenever there's any stimulus in our environment, our mind is like, duh, 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 duh. you know, it's judging, it's calculating, it's discriminating. There's always something that our mind is responding to. So, so much of mindfulness is how attentive are we? How much are we attending to our experience at any given moment? Because our experience is so rich. You just stop for a moment and take in what's around you at any given moment. And then you just do that more and more. And it's amazing what you see. It's amazing where you see your mind going at certain moments. You, you can find out, oh, my mind has just been on this loop for the last hours, just going around and around and around because, well, something's really upset me or I'm ruminating, I'm holding a grudge or I'm just completely unfocused or, you know, whatever it is. But when you bring your attention to it, and you're aware of it, you instantly have the option to change that loop, to direct your attention elsewhere, to bring it here into this moment and not for it to, not to have some parallel processing happening there that's sort of sucking your energy and your life force and your, your mind share, or your mind space away from this moment. So that, I hope, you know, it's a very organic description of mindfulness. I'm, I'm just kind of riffing here for you, but I'm trying to give you a, as much of a sense of the difference between meditation and mindfulness, whereas meditation is that very singular, deliberate practice on the cushion without moving, relaxing with your eyes. It could be open or closed, but you're really working on keeping your focus on that anchor, the anchor of your practice. Mindfulness, there, 
your anchor is this this moment. It's whatever you're doing, but it's just, you're bringing your attention back in the world of activity. So mindfulness is meditation in action. So then the next question, what are the benefits of meditation? So again, things that we've covered in this podcast, but we could talk about physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual benefits. If you just hit it on the physical level, meditation helps you relax. It lowers your blood pressure. It neutralizes and can even reverse the effects of stress. That's what new studies are showing, and that's related to the ends of our our chromosomes and these things called telomeres and an enzyme called telomerase, telomerase or something, and how the production of that enzyme can get stimulated through meditation, and that helps build out your telomeres which sit at the end of your chromosomes. And over time, stress wears those things down. But the wearing of those things down is also correlated to our aging. So stress can really accelerate the aging process in us. Meditation can help reverse that. And that's obviously pretty amazing. Meditation decreases your blood cortisol level. It's that hormone that gets dumped into our bloodstream when when the fight or flight response kicks in. And that's, again, we've talked about this, but that's like great if you're fighting a dinosaur or if you're going head to head with a gorilla in the jungle like we used to do, you suddenly need that adrenaline dump that and that with the, those cortisol, cortisol levels are going to skyrocket. But the thing is, you can't do that all the time because it just takes such a toll on your body. And the problem with modern life is that a lot of us are just pumping with that stress and that cortisol and that adrenaline way too often. And it absolutely erodes our health and our quality of life. So meditation obviously really helps with that. It, it does the opposite through stimulating your relaxation response. So that's the opposite of the spike in those blood cortisol levels. So meditation also helps with irritable bowel syndrome and digestion. It can help you sleep better. And now I read just the other day, and I'm not gonna go into the study, but we can do can talk about this another time, but apparently it seems to be having some effect as a healing intervention for cancer patients. All right, so then, so that's like that's the tip of the iceberg. If if you're interested, just type in physical benefits of meditation into Google. You'll get a huge number of studies and articles and etc. So, what are some of the emotional benefits? Obviously, meditation kicks in your relaxation response. It helps calibrate your emotional state. Helps you just equalize helps you achieve some deeper emotional equilibrium. It helps you find a deeper ground of stability. I would say kind of beneath or beyond the daily ups and downs, beyond the the daily stressors that send us, you know, here, there, and everywhere. In just some fundamental way, meditation really helps you become emotionally centered and grounded. Obviously, for people who suffer from post-traumatic stress disorder, PTSD, meditation has also been shown to really 
be a huge help with that. And if you remember, we interviewed Dr. Richard Miller in a previous episode, and he is the creator of iRest, Integrative Restoration. He works a lot with Walter Reed Army Hospital and has conducted studies which really prove the efficacy of meditation and mindfulness helping wounded warriors, soldiers who suffer from acute PTSD. It has really been shown to help them heal through that trauma, which is amazing. And obviously we need that. And then let's talk quickly about some of the mental benefits. You probably heard new, some neuroscientific studies have shown that eight weeks of MBSR, it grows the gray matter in your brain. It increases, meditation can increase your focus. And that was that University of Washington study of knowledge workers, which really showed that a group who had taken the eight-week mindfulness course versus those who didn't, the ones who did take that course, they stayed focused on a given task much longer and they made fewer task switches. And by the end of the tasks, they felt better about it. They self-reported that they felt better about it. And then they also had enhanced recall related to those tasks versus those who didn't do the eight-week mindfulness course. There's another study on working memory capacity with Marines that we talked about in the last episode, but basically demonstrates that our ability to hold information and knowledge and manipulate it on the ground in action, you know, being really being able to think on your feet, especially under pressure, those people who had taken the mindfulness course really showed much better working memory capacity than those who didn't. So yeah, meditation can help you be more productive in those ways. And so what also are some spiritual benefits? Well, some of what I alluded to in the beginning, meditation, it helps you discover a part of yourself that's unlimited and unrestricted. It's a sense of connection with everything. Unity. And you find that unity that sense of wholeness, that sense of interconnection through this very simplified and stripped down state of just being. And in that place, one way you could describe it, you're really just perfectly fulfilled just as you are. You don't need anything more. You don't want anything. You understand that at some core level, just pre-thought, you understand everything is fine just as it is. That's amazing. That sense of existential release versus existential angst. And that sense of completeness, that sense of wholeness, and that sense of life, life is good. Not on a relative scale, but on a deeper, on a deeper level. Life itself is fundamentally a positive force. And that not being in any way an abstraction, that being your moment-to-moment, real-time, animating experience. So is meditation something that should be practiced daily? And can you get the benefits of it if you don't do it every day? So that's, those are, that's a really good question. So the ideal, yes, is definitely to meditate every day. Why? 
meditating every day is like compound interest. You you build momentum and, and like any skill you're trying to develop, you won't really grow in the practice without commitment. But if you're investing every single day, even if it's a little bit, even if it's like five minutes a day or 10 minutes a day, if you do it every day, that's a lot more valuable than doing it once a week for 30 minutes. And the thing is because you're building a groove, you're, you're laying down a groove in your awareness, in your experience. And even though it's subtle, it's an action, it's a choice, and you're conditioning yourself. You're creating a habit, and that's very valuable when you're trying to build a meditation practice and when you're trying to get those benefits from meditation. So doing it every single day, even if it's not for a long time every day, is incredibly valuable. Consistency is always going to win out over intermittent or discontinuous volume. So that's that's what I recommend. And the next question, what are the common misconceptions people have about meditation? That a busy mind makes you a bad meditator. That's not true at all. That meditation is only for a particular kind of person. That your mind shouldn't wander because it will, that you have to meditate for an hour a day to get benefits. That's also just not true. I mean, of course, if you do meditate an hour a day, if you build up to that, or if you're dunked into an experience like suddenly being on a retreat where that's all everyone's doing, yeah, you're going to get amazing benefits from that. But for most of us, that is, number one, for most of us, that isn't realistic. But number two, you don't need to do that every day to get results, not at all. You can, as long as you're consistent, if you do it a little bit every day, you're going to build momentum and you're going to see results. It may take some time, but you will see results. So the next question, have you found that there's an ideal amount of time new meditators need to engage in the practice before it becomes something that they can get or start to see benefits from. So it kind of just answered that, but I do also want to say it's different for everyone. I meet some people who literally on the first time meditating, they have an aha experience. They drop into that place of quiet, silent, still solitude right in the middle of themselves. And it just, it happens. They just drop right in. And that's beautiful. But that's not going to be the case for everyone. It's actually going to be very different. You're going to have people who it may take a couple weeks or a couple months. Or, you know, for me, I was a bit of a tough case. I think for me, I always continue to meditate, but I don't think I really had any genuine breakthrough experiences personally for a couple of years. And it it was still completely worth it for me, but it took time. And I think that's the thing. There's a certain mysterious dimension to this is putting in the time, showing up every day, meditating for the amount of time that's right for you each day. Understand and, and have faith that there are things happening that are out of your control, that the impacts of what the impact of what you're doing is sometimes unseen and may not become apparent for a while. 
And also remember, every time you sit down to meditate, you are building your intention, you're enhancing it, you're strengthening it. That's no small thing. And that too, over time, it grows. So that's not something you're necessarily going to notice right away. You, there's not a really, a, you don't go around thinking about like, well, is my intention strong? Or do, you know, how much has my intention grown? But just if you start to pay attention, you'll notice that it does. The more you do things like just practice consistently, your intention grows. And then there's a, there's a feedback cycle. As your intention grows, it also helps deepen your meditation. As your meditation deepens, it strengthens your conviction and it increases your intention. Last question, should meditation be a structured practice? Are there any times of days, postures, targeted timing that should be devoted to the practice? Ideally, yes, because in the beginning you really want to create a habit out of it and the best way to do that is through rote structure. Pick a practice, pick a routine, create a cue for yourself every single day and let, and let that cue be your signal that now is the time to meditate. And then when, when that cue gets triggered, have a routine. Know exactly what you're going to do. Okay, I'm going to go, I'm going to sit down, and I'm going to do this practice for five minutes, and I'm going to do it there in that spot. And so having your routine all set, that will help. It will take some it will take the decision making out of it, it'll take the choice out of it. And that will overall make it easier for you. And then be clear about it. Why why do you want to meditate? Just understand what the reward is that you're seeking from meditation. And and that will help you. It will help help you be to be more focused. And for me, my cue is a cup of coffee in the morning. So thing about this i in terms of time of day also that is there's two dimensions to this on one level it's a matter of preference which i think is completely true and yet there's another side to it which is that all the traditions through the millennia they really recommend meditating first thing in the morning some people find that more challenging because their mind is starting to really ramp up at that time but the converse is also true for a lot of us, which is that if you can get down onto that meditation cushion before your mind starts cranking away, before it really wakes up, it's a really amazing way to start the day. And it, it's a great way to prime your attention. It's a great way to just get your attention, just like taking your body to the gym. I like to flood it with endorphins when I go to the gym in the morning so that by the, as I go into my work day, I'm fired up, I'm ready. I feel like my body is my ally. It's not I'm not it's not working against me. I've dealt with my aches and pains, my joints, all the things that bother me if I don't work out. Same thing with your mind or your attention. Meditation helps you run it through its paces before you start the day. It helps you condition it. It helps you prime the pumps. So, it's a really it can be just a lovely way to go into your day and then you carry that focus or that peace or that grounded, centered, calm feeling with you through the day. And, you know, the degree to which you're going to do that will affect your capacity to be more mindful. And the more mindful you are will affect everything. It'll affect your relationships. It'll affect the quality of your work, the quality of your engagements, 
quality of relationships and just the quality of life. So that's how I like to think about it. I hope you found this helpful and we are probably going to take a break soon. There'll be this episode, but next week, either next week or the following week, we're going to have a break. I'll go ahead and maybe do a rerun from an earlier episode. But if you enjoyed this show, please leave me a rating and a review on iTunes if you're inspired to do so. It's a great help to us in as much as it helps other meditators discover our show. To leave a review, just go to aboutmeditation.com forward slash iTunes and you can follow the links there. Now, if you haven't yet been over to our website, you can pick up some free guided meditations in a, in a three-part meditation seminar, all for free, at aboutmeditation.com. Check it out. It's our Meditation for Life series. Some really helpful guided meditations and, and seminar. You can pick those up for free at aboutmeditation.com. And then finally, I... Like the last episode, I just want to encourage you, and I think that apropos of everything we've been talking about today, we're going into the holidays. Everything can get crazy. You know, we're with family and we're traveling and we're seeing relatives and there's a lot of highs and there's a lot of lows and it can be both a really wonderful time and sometimes, and it can also be a challenging time. And I just wanted to encourage you to remember... And make the effort to be mindful. Whether you are high or whether you are low, it's not really the point. Just be attentive. Be attentive to your ongoing experience, your moment-to-moment experience. We are a mindful community, all of us listening to this podcast. At least that's how I relate to you, the person who's listening right now, as a peer, someone who is in this journey and you have struggles and I have struggles and you have victories and I have victories and obviously that's life but we want to endeavor to stay grounded through it all and the best way that I know to do that is really to just keep your mindfulness practice going try and remember to be attentive I think you'll find everything to be more enriching if you do that and I think you'll find your life to be fuller and more satisfying. I mean, at least that's that's what I find. So I wish you all the best through the holidays. And let's end with this quote from Ram Das, And he says, Our whole spiritual transformation brings us to the point where we realize that in our own being, we are enough. Our whole spiritual transformation brings us to the point where we realize that in our own being, we are enough.